0: some of these tiny homes don't necessarily have the same amenities that we had. We wanted to make sure that it was housing with dignity and the veterans were comfortable there and it was their first step in their in their healing. So through all that, the tiny homes model was actually picked.
1: Welcome to the Tiny House Lifestyle podcast, the show where you learn how to plan, build and live the tiny lifestyle. I'm your host Ethan Waldman and this is episode 179 with Vincent Morales. I love finding out about new ways that tiny homes are being used to help people in need. And the Veterans Community Project is an incredibly impressive organization that has accomplished a ton in just a few short years, including 49 tiny homes for veterans on a piece of property that they now own. Vincent Morales has been there from the start. And together, we go through the organization's history, what they do, how they settled on tiny houses and how everything works with the Veterans Community Project. This is a really inspiring conversation, and I'm just so grateful that there are people like Vincent out there doing the work that they're doing. So I hope you stick around. As you'll hear in this interview with Vincent Morales, community is so important. And not just in helping people to heal, but in helping people to thrive and move forward. And that's why I started my online community called Tiny House Engaged. Tiny House Engage is a place where tiny dreamers, tiny planners, people building their own tiny houses, and even people living tiny come together to support one another on their tiny house journeys. Registration only opens every four to six weeks. It's actually been closer to eight weeks since registration is last open, so I anticipate that there are a lot of people who are excited to join Tiny House Engage. Well, I'm here to tell you that the date is coming up Tiny House Engage opens this coming Tuesday and you can find out all the details at thetinyhouse.net slash engage. Even if you visit that page before Tuesday, you can sign up to be notified when the doors to Tiny House Engage open. Again, that's thetinyhouse.net slash engage. I am here with Sergeant First Class Vincent Morales. Sergeant First Class Vincent Morales served with the U.S. Army with five deployments in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom, two in support of Operation Enduring Freedom, and rotations to Korea and Germany. Upon returning to his hometown of Kansas City, Missouri, Vincent helped found Veterans Community Project, a nonprofit organization with a mission of ending veterans' homelessness. Vincent Morales, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ethan.
0: Thank you for having me. Thank you for uh, everybody listening. I appreciate the opportunity to have some conversations about things that are near and dear to my heart and, and obviously listeners and your heart, tiny homes and taking care of each other and taking care of Americans.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So can you tell me a bit about, you know, the story behind Veterans Community Project, how how it got started?
0: Yes, Indeed. So it had to be around 2015. Um, a group of of combat veterans here in Kansas City, who were mm-hmm. all working in different facets of the veteran of uh, the veteran lifestyle, veteran culture. I was actually working with a federal uh, program called SSVF. It's a housing grantee, and I was their veteran navigator. I mean, through that, I met the other gentlemen that are uh, co-found this organization, and you know. A lot of guys uh, talking about things that we want to do, all of us being combat veterans have that, that understanding of what works and what doesn't work and what is the challenges that the veterans are facing. Mm-hmm. So we kind of, you know, over some beers, got to have all great ideas, start over beers, right? Beer, beer and beer dinner. Um, said if we could take away the playbook that's currently in use and start from scratch. And do what's right for veterans because it's right. Start to move some of the red tape, expedite the process. Uh, what would that look like? And of course, you know, kind of came to to fruition or five years later where we have a, a tiny village of 49 here in Kansas City, a project going along Colorado. In two days, we leave for our groundbreaking St. Louis, as well as a, a project getting moving in um, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. That's fast-forwarding to where we're at, but it was the idea of what we could do to serve vets the best and the quickest. The tiny homes actually wasn't even in play at this time. This was just, let's do right because it's right.
2: Yeah.
0: And what we end up kind of coming up with was doing some research around what programs were, what programs didn't work, why were they working, why were they not working? And we ended up doing um, several things that were, Different when it came to veteran services. So we describe veteran, our definition of veteran is anybody that has raised their right hand. So there are t- many other ways to define veteran. We define it uniquely. Since the draft, less than one half of 1% of, of Americans serve our country. So whether an individual had 20 years or two weeks of service, they are a veteran, two veterans community project, and we will work with them in service that's really was really, you know, game changing and groundbreaking.
1: Who does the who gets excluded in the kind of traditional definition of veteran?
0: So it's not necessarily that anyone excludes anybody. It's it's just navigating the system. So I'll give you a kind of real quick synopsis. In order to be a VA eligible veteran, you have to have twenty-four months of consecutive service after September 1980. That kind of creates uh, an issue for reservists and guards members who don't fall under that cap. They, they may have done 20 years in the National Guard, but they're not eligible for mm. health care unless they were injured until retirement age. So there's a lot of different, you know, uh, deals going on. So the American Legion and the VFW, two amazing organizations, definitely cornerstones of the veteran community. But in order to be a member of each, you have to fall under certain parameters. For to be a veteran, to be a member of the VFW, you have to have been in a foreign war. I would say it's in their name. Uh, one of our skirmishes is obviously. So it's not necessarily exclusion, by the way. It's just not one veteran is not like the other. veteran. There are so many different things that we've all walked in life and qualified for. Mm-hmm. So it's about understanding that veteran's path, where they're at in their journey, Triage in their situation and expediting them to the services that they best qualify for. If it's the VA, if it is a referral to Vietnam Veterans of America, which they have an amazing organization that's actually gave me a lot of help in my personal life, to maybe the veteran doesn't qualify for any of those things. So there are community partners out there that we can connect them with. So that really breaks down that stigma of you're not a veteran or you don't have this help. That's we've been really amazing at doing that. And that's part of our, you know, really big, huge part of our success. The other part of our success, which I know we'll get to is the tiny home itself. The tiny home is an amazing tool. And I'll kind of, we'll we'll get into that as we continue.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's great. I didn't realize that, you know, what you're doing goes way beyond just the tiny houses to connecting veterans to other services. Maybe there's services that you can't provide that, that you're then connecting them to, to other services. I do want to kind of move into talking about the tiny houses and there's just so many questions about them because they, they're, they look amazing and it's just so cool to see them all kind of laid out in that nice little meandering the, the, the road that kind of squiggles through. <laughs> yeah. Um, So maybe can you tell us about how you discovered, you know, maybe take us through like the process of discovering tiny houses and then like making them a reality for, for veterans community project.
0: So um, as I said, initially good food, good beer, great idea. So we're already moving in the right direction. And then the idea came of what would services look like? Main ideas out there. And as you noted, we do more than the tiny homes. That is just. Our bread and butter, that is what we are known for because that is the, mm-hmm. the basis of the, of the needs of an individual having housing. So the initial, the initial idea was actually kind of a group living type of situation. But as we progress and we've seen taking tours and some of us have been through personal things in our own lives, understood that's not the best therapeutic environment that is available,
2: mm-hmm.
0: our original well, I apologize. She's actually still on our board. She's in, she's been a, our champion since one of the you know very beginning conversations brought the idea of tiny homes. And uh, at that time, and I'm not sure if it was kind of a right time, right place. But the tiny homes interest had you know was starting to grow. Zach Giffen with Tiny Homes Nation started making it a known thing.
2: Hmm.
0: So the idea came about, and we started touring tiny homes villages across the nation. We flew to some in Seattle, some in California, seeing what their process was, how they laid out what they did, what they did and did not offer, how we can improve on that and have housing with dignity. Some of these tiny homes don't necessarily have the same amenities that we had. We wanted to make sure that it was housing with dignity and the veterans were comfortable there and it was their first step in their, in their healing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So through all that, the tiny homes model was actually picked. And then the layout is amazing. So speaking of Zach Giffen, he actually came down and gave us a handle on our first build. Nice. Remember what episode this was? It was 2016. Came down and actually, you know, kind of gave us insights and stuff, kind of showed us floor plans and things of that nature. The specific floor plan that we have, that we buy-by for our programming is a really big part of the reason why veterans are able to progress and get better. Mm -hmm. We have, you know, so you've seen some amazing tiny homes with the the, the dual dual layers and the kind of the bunk bed, the overhang. Yep. Ours is actually picked and selected for post-traumatic stress therapy and the ability for veterans to feel safe and comfortable in their own home. Sleep is, you know, For every American, I think sleep is not really a value that we, something that we value enough. So when you wake up in crisis mode every day and you have little sleep, you're probably not going to make the best decision. So part of our program is giving that veteran the ability to gain that night's sleep, that they know that they can lock and close that door. Yeah. They are surrounded by people that care and love for them and that they are safe in their house, which then allows them to get up and be productive. At rectifying whatever caused their situation there were there are a lot of things that went kind of uh, happen with the city but once again our 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 board president uh really championed our cause
1: nice and helped
0: us build the tiny home village here in kansas city
1: so the homes range in size it looks like about 250 to, to 350 square feet something like that
0: yes indeed so um as mentioned earlier we kind of thought outside the box one of the first things that we did was say we're going to change what the term and or definition of veteran is yeah Well, at the same time from a programmatic standpoint there are a lot of agencies that do amazing things but they service the veteran and the veteran alone they're not able to sometimes their family or their companion animal so we do have two sizes of houses. We have uh, our single family, our single units, uh, 240 square feet. And then we have a family unit. So we have, then those are um, 340 square feet and they actually sleep six. Wow. Queen size bed, triple stack, custom made bunk bed and a rollout sofa. Now, I don't think you want to be with six people in a tiny house all day, but uh, <laughs> it, it affords that, that family, that veteran to continue to work on and or recreate those bonds. Yeah. Which is part of that therapy.
1: Yeah. So um, in terms of, so it looks like the houses, they don't have a sleeping loft. So it's, it's one open room. What, what do they have in them in terms of utilities?
0: So utility wise. So everything for us is, uh, is electric.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: We have, uh, uh, they're actually built um, slab on grade. So uh-huh. here here in Missouri, you know, we were in Tornado Alley. The houses are are they some of the safest structures around here. The we built in phases. So the mm-hmm. first 13 were literally built by us by hand. We were still, you know, very young. Now we're still a young nonprofit now, but we were in the very early beginning years. So we would do our given, you know, job here, whether it was Networking, development, connecting the veterans, building the program out, and then every night all staff would go that that wasn't there all day and hang sheet rock and uh, wow. And so yeah, the initial houses, I would say almost everything was done by us with the exception with the exception of a couple of skilled labor uh, agencies that helped us out with all the things that we weren't able to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But really had some really great partners: T Electric, United Heating and Cooling came through and did that skill part. So slab on grade two by fours. And as we progressed, it was that they were actually all insulated to an R34. Uh, We're actually happy to, you know, kind of announce that We, we got better as the project progressed. We're actually at an R42 now with our insulation, learning how to, the tricks and the trade and how to make the house a little bit better. As you, as you kind of alluded to earlier, what comes with the house? So, as, a, as an individual, walk in the house. On the would be right hand side is a uh, the, the kitchenette, mm-hmm. rain stove, electric range stove, a hood stove, a hood for venting, refrigerator, uh, granite countertops, shelves that are all custom hand built. Then would be on the left hand side would be a living room area, kind of a desk, TV, kind of you know your informational area. And directly against the back wall. And if, if there's a picture of seeing something inside of a tiny home, it's a direct line of sight to the front door. Mm. So that veteran is sitting here. Front door is here. The only window is there. And would be directly to my left would be the restroom. Right. So that's part of the therapy of the house itself. So they would come in and then there is an armoire for the clothing and all the other fun stuff. Yeah. And then a really amazing bathroom. Um, People don't realize how, how much you can do with 240 square feet. Yeah, we have a tankless water heater, so that's always amazing. Saves on space. The uh, the project itself is it's really highlights what that space can be used. And for my generation, our generation of veteran the OIF, OEF, OND, those spaces were the exact same size spaces that we lived in when we were in Iraq and or Afghanistan.
2: Mm. So
0: that's actually like pretty amazing because i can remember sharing those size rooms with six other individuals so you know it's it's kind of like wow this is familiar this is home yeah i've been here before and then but it's not that same type of uh, environment they are in a you know nurturing caring loving understanding environment with accountability and responsibility so good night's sleep purpose motivation and direction when they get up and the beautiful part about our program is that when a veteran successfully transitions out of our program into a permanent housing solution, they take everything with them. So they take that furniture, they take that bed, they take those armor, and that's not bolted down, basically. Yeah. They take with them to their new place. So they're not starting, oh, I did amazing in this project, and now I've got to spend all this money to get a new place. They are not starting with that. Yeah. They are starting with stuff that they already, they already have, sweat equity invested in the program. And if individuals experiencing housing instability, and you walk into 240 square feet of your own place, that usually is an automatic, you know, boost in morale. They're just really... Yeah.
1: So, So a veteran arrives to their new home, and it's furnished, so the chair, the armoire, the stuff, and then they kind of... Regain their traction, kind of get back on their feet, and then when they move out, they actually get to take that all with them.
0: Yes, indeed. Nice. We, we 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 even had, and this is as of late, three or four of our last transitions who were like, "I don't want to take this with me because I want to help another thing Because they're like, "I am yeah. now doing." When I came in the program, I was here. Mm-hmm. Now through the program and the way everything's working, I am now here it's reigniting that warrior spirit that this program and the housing does. So they're like, I don't want to take it. Like I want to make sure it's given to somebody else, but they, they, it's really an amazing, you know, to see how that goes. Yeah. Invested in the program.
1: So who, um, how long on average do the houses are the houses inhabited before the veteran moves to permanent housing?
0: So uh, off the top of my head, yeah, I recall this, um, and I, I have an actual day count for you. But I want to—I want to think. I think it's 431 days. But the average okay. is about 13 to 16 months is where we start to see those things: their case management plan, all those things coming to fruition. And a lot of that, honestly, it goes back to the house. Yeah. So that first 60, 30, 60 to 90 days individuals are starting to build and regain that trust in society, their fellow man, they're kind of leaving uh, the fight or flight mode. They're, mm-hmm. So it really is the house that is a huge tool. And I think it's, and that's why I would love to, I was like, I'd love to hop on a podcast about tiny Homes because I think that's one of the program pieces I know that I didn't see, but as we've grown mm-hmm. to understand how important the way our housing model is laid out and set up as you said kind of the flowing roads. Yeah. No house looks directly into one another. It's the ability, it's the ability to engage with your neighbors. But also if you choose to back off, you're more than welcome to. So the housing model and the way the way our house, our village is set up, the way the house is set up, it that's the power, one of the main pieces of power of this program, because that changed 30, 60, 90 days they start to believe in themselves. They start to see that this is theirs and that is how they've been progressed and are allowed to adhere to their case management program.
1: Yeah. That's beautiful because I, I would imagine that maybe a more traditional model for housing homeless veterans might involve motel rooms or hotel rooms or other temporary shelters where people aren't getting that security of you know, four walls and a roof around their head and a space that is theirs.
0: So before, as I kind of mentioned, that we did kind of tours around different tiny house housing programs, yeah, to see what the other houses look like and what was available, and um to so traditionally, my my role with this organization was our original outreach worker, uh, mm-hmm. loan case manager, program director of our of our housing. Now I work on the national expansion side. But I've spent a lot of time in a lot of homeless shelters. And as you just said, I I know individuals who will not go to a homeless shelter or any shelter period. Yeah. For fear, uh for fear, just straight out of fear. Like rob, mud, things of that nature. Yes, you're out of the elements, but that's not really a good trade-off when you're losing all your belongings every time you go in there. Yeah. And that that's what that really was what was sold us on this. That was you know very in-depth conversation about why this model will and can be and has been so effective. It's that safety, it's the ability to close that door and know that they're going to be safe and it allows them to regain that trust.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: How the, I mean, honest, the housing that the house itself is an amazing tool.
1: Absolutely. And, and it's just, we've, I, I've heard this anecdotally now and I I believe it to be true, but just from you know, different people, different organizations using tiny houses as a way to either a permanent housing for homeless people or as transitional housing. And it just seems like there's some kind of almost magic in, in the tiny house or in that small space that, that really gives people a sense of place again.
0: And, and from a, from a larger, um, a larger social perspective, right? This is America, right? Nothing exceeds like excess. I need five acres and a seven-bedroom house, even though there's Mm -hmm. just me and my wife and maybe my two kids. And that's for some individuals. That's that's home. That's fine. That's amazing. But it is really amazing to see when you can how simplistic you can live and how kind of you declutter your life. Yeah, Um, my life was decluttered for me very many times. By you know, when you go overseas, you take two bags with you. So, for however long your, your trip is overseas, that's what you live out of. So, that model and that, simpli- that simplicity allow these individuals <laughs> not to worry about, got to do all the cleaning or all the other things. They can focus on getting to where they need to be in their life. So then yeah. they can refocus back on those things that we take for granted every day. Yeah. It's, I mean, it really like you know, less is more. It really it truly is in this particular instance. And it's very effective as well. Yeah,
1: sounds like it.
0: What we have done, just kind of give uh, give yourself, as well as you know, listeners, uh, an understanding of, of uh, what our housing program is. So we have uh, 49 tiny homes. Initially, it was going to be 50 because obviously we're a group of veterans and 50 is a good number. <laughs> we did have some challenges and that kind of goes along with uh, our, our, our champion who helped us out we were one with, as far as i know we are still one of the only tiny homes uh villages that is zoned within city limits yep so that was that was really huge for us that was the reason why we ended up losing a house working with the city certain offsets that we needed to have for lack of better terms it's it's a subdivision but it is not a subdivision
2: uh-huh.
0: but we have uh some unique challenges that we had to face there with the city but we had We have an outstanding um, city council and the mayor's office was behind us for our support. So that was pivotal in creating this program. But what we also did was, our veterans have their own kitchenettes, which some tiny home villages do not. So it's it's that ability to eat when they need to eat because if chow is at five o'clock and you work four o'clock shift, you're not going to be able to eat. Right. We also went with individual bathrooms. We noticed that uh, you know kind of in some of the larger tiny home villages, there was a, a water closet that was kind of a group living type of deal. Yeah. We the the mm-hmm. only thing that we did not do, and this was actually by design, it's been worked been worked out working out well, is there is no on-the-spot laundry service. Mm-hmm. Why that has occurred is because we also created a program with the Kansas City Transportation Authority and the VA—all veterans can ride the bus free in the city. Okay, so we are less than 500 feet from a bus stop, but also individuals experiencing housing instability have vehicles. When we think of you know traditional homeless, we're thinking about you know, individuals under a bridge, one you know shopping cart full of belongings, and that's it there are a lot of individuals who are facing housing instability crisis and they live out of their vehicle. Yeah. So when it comes to, um, as I talked about the safety and security, and reintegration piece. If you, you can happen to have a vehicle and you come to live in the village and I don't, and I know that, you know, obviously you're here, you're a veteran and we start having a conversation. Hey man, do you mind giving me a ride down to the laundromat? That creates instant connectivity. And then, of course, we get to give it, you know, the military culture. We give it other stuff back and forth, just in general. And then individuals are able to, you know, organically grow as a community and reintegrate without it being a parameter or goal that we're setting out there. It's being done by themselves, and they don't know that it's being done. And it's amazing to watch. It really is, to see the village come alive and work together, whether it's laundry, we have children in our village. We have the family houses. So uh as the village has grown, the tiny houses, the children, the animals, the ability to connect is amazing. It's it's been a thing of beauty to see.
1: Yeah, and it it also it looks very inviting. You know, I'm just looking at the few photos on the website, like there's there's nice lawn that's shared between the spaces and there's, you know, it looks like there's some trees, like a little forest kind of behind the village. And it just looks like a, a nice place. Like it's not, it's not in the middle of a big parking lot in like an urban center.
0: So one thing we did when we toured and this, this by any means is, is not a knock on any program out there. Cause I know that every program is doing their best and, and, and yeah, with what they can. Being a nonprofit, we know this. It's it's hard. It's not it's not easy. Right. But we want to make sure that, as you just said, our standard of housing for our brothers and sisters. Is with dignity, it is inviting, it is someplace that I would want to go to and I would walk in there and feel safe. It is,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, that welcome home that they may or may not have received. So, the way our program is set, the way our housing standard is, that is the Veterans Community Project standard. Just change of environment really uplifts it, yeah. the situation, gives them a sense of support.
1: Nice. So, how do veterans get access to to the program?
0: So, as you kind of uh, spoke about earlier, we, we are known for the tiny homes. That is uh, the uh-huh. given. But what we also did, and I mentioned earlier, was one of our big first. Wins and didn't talk about that was the partnership with the Kansas City uh, ATA and the and the VA mm-hmm. that allowed us to become the hub to issue bus passes for veterans. So I last desk, you know, statistic I do recall, I think there were around seven hundred fifty thousand bus passes issued.
2: Wow!
0: At last time in counting, I think were like two point seven three million rides utilized. What that created was. The ability for veterans to come to us and understand what we do—it is about housing, but it's also about connectivity and referrals. Yeah, the way they can get connected—I mean, the honest with you, the simplest thing is is walk in, walk in the doors of eighty-eight twenty-five Truce, and uh, have a cup of coffee, sit down, and have a conversation.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We offer hygiene, uh, hygiene kits, and snack packs, and some of the veterans who are you know choosing to live in a housing stability crisis or may not be able to escape that at that time, progressive engagement, keep involved. Yeah. There is an application process and as well as screening and vetting and the whole nine, but really the easiest way to, to inquire about houses or getting housed is to walk in the doors of 8825 Troost or hop on the webpage, uh, veteranscommunityproject.org. Mm-hmm. Or give us a call directly at 816-599-6503. And really, you don't have to have a housing crisis or being housing instability to you know, come in and inquire about the housing. Uh, the average average American, let alone veteran, lives paycheck to paycheck. Some of us are two or three paychecks away from being homeless. So it's that progressive engagement that allows us to be on top of a housing situation with that veteran in case they go down that path. It really is easier to stop the decline than try to dig an individual out of a hole.
1: Yeah, yeah. So is there a long wait list for for the village?
0: So um, the answer is, the simple answer is no. Okay. more robust answer is, uh, it is through that progressive engagement So we do not have a wait list. We have a pool of eligible veterans. So if me and you decided to walk in the door and, uh, you know, you're going good and everything's working out well uh, and I have, you know, some hurdles that I need to negotiate, I don't have a job, we're going to sit down and talk with with one of our community case managers.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: But they're going to continue to follow up and then tables turn for you. And I'm actually in a dire situation, laid off COVID, whatever may happen you know, to, to Ethan and wondering how that works out. They're going to reach back through that conversation and you may be afforded a house because at that time, via what is available for you, this house now in this program is what is needed.
2: Right, right.
0: Once again, that's that triage of the veterans where we both serve, but we may be eligible for different things, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: I Lo- we'll to- love it. <laughs> it's a very complicated way to say yes and no. Answers no, there is not a long list, but there is an eligible pool of veterans who we stay in constant contact with to make sure that you know that they are doing well and they're where they need to be, and also adhering to whatever standards they're setting. And then we come in with the housing. Yes, we're here to help.
1: So, from chatting, I guess a little bit before we started recording, you alluded to additional. Villages, you know, groundbreaking in St. Louis and Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It sounds like you really developed a model that you're trying to bring other places.
0: Yes. So we, uh, as mentioned, we built in phases. Uh, We finished Kansas City, which is home for this project. Mm -hmm. We finished it less than, actually, I think I want to say we're about 18 months now. 18 months. Okay. So but what was happening was we were getting coverage uh from different cities, the veteran community. And there was so many individuals that reached out and said, How do we make this happen in our city?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and and to be honest, like when we started this, as I kind of alluded to earlier, it was just a bunch of veterans getting together, drinking beer, eating, figuring out how we can best serve veterans in our community. It wasn't to say that yeah. By any other community, but you know, start all small. So once we completed Kansas City and we seen that this was something that it was needed, it's veterans community project is needed in every city. Mm. But there are parameters that we need to be able to make this program functional. As we've progressed now, we have land acquired and are moving dirt and our building in Longmont, Colorado. Okay. In two days, we will be in St. Louis, Missouri, for our groundbreaking, and then shortly after, moving earth to building process. Sioux Falls, South Dakota, we are um, in uh, development stages there. Land is acquired, and we are moving towards the general area. The goal is to have land identified, and uh, in within eight cities by the end of 2022. Wow, currently have four, an uh, additional four. Uh, are are being identified and working with, you know, working with us at this time.
1: That's amazing. Can you, can you, I'm sure that you can't dive into too many details, but can you talk about where your funding comes from in terms of like private donors, public government money? How does that work?
0: And I, and I I, thank you for bringing that up. I do apologize about that. That was something I I totally, I kind of forgot on that one. So for us, when we started this organization, we did not want to have to navigate all the red Mm tape. So all, or at this current time, most of our funding comes from private donors, corporations, grants. We receive uh, no federal funding um, whatsoever. So the first three years of this organization was, uh, every grassroots event that we could get out there, every way to um, continue to raise funds to you know build a house. So we would build a house, stop, go raise some money, build a house, stop, go raise some money. But at this current time, you know we've expanded several you know resources in order to, to for the statement of our program. One of those is actually a barbecue sauce. If you happen, you know, listeners have a look at Bravo, Q.org mm-hmm. is a uh, barbecue sauce that directly benefits Veterans Community projects. We are in all West Lakes in Kansas City, currently moving in Longmont, St. Louis, and got a couple out in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Cool. It's, you know We have a lot of outside-the-box thinkers here. <laughs> this
1: sauce builds homes for homeless vets. I love it. I love how like <laughs> direct it is on the label, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of outside-the-box thinkers, uh, and it's been really amazing to have this, you know, this team come together and put this on. So that is a, a stream of revenue for us that helps us, allows us to continue the program. We Now that, now that you know, we've been in operation, fully operational, you know, as I said, going on less than 18 months ago. Mm-hmm. The first phase was actually up and running by 2018. So now we're able to apply for some unrestricted grant money that allows us to continue on. We have all the data to show how our method works. We are actually at a 90 i'm sorry eighty nine percent success ratio when it comes to our housing. That is uh double the national average, so we're pretty proud of that.
1: And when you say the success ratio, what what does that mean?
0: So that is uh, what, when a veteran comes to us, we identify what their permanent housing solution will look like. As okay. Before, is it, is it logistically or reasonably possible to think that a, you know, a 50-year-old veteran is going to want 10 acres in the seven-bedroom house
2: mm-hmm. versus,
0: you know, a 20-year-old veteran with no family that just wants a studio apartment? So, each veteran's permanent housing solution will be different in their given situation. But that is what we define as a as a success. Yeah. Housing stability.
1: Cool. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fantastic that, that you're doing it and that it's working so well. It's it's really it's inspiring and it's um I'm struck that it's it's unfortunate that they're needs to be nonprofit organizations that do this work that like it you know we as a people and I mean the government because they are us elected should be doing this for our veterans anyway. Um but I'm grateful that you're that you're doing the work that you're doing and that it's working.
0: It's uh it's it's definitely been a labor of love. Um and it has been every every day is a day is a blessing to be a yeah. list to help change. And, and I'll be honest, the focus of our organization is obviously veterans and it's veterans community project, but here's one of you know, the other amazing pieces of our program. And it's in our name. It's the community. Mm-hmm. We, have, you know, as much as we would like to hear this and what we accomplished, we only accomplished anything because of the community. It was community partners. It was, Mom and pop stores. It was just a family who, you know, whether they had a connection to the service or not, just wanted to give back. The average yeah. American wants to do more than say thank you for your service. They want to assist, and we've been yeah. able to harness that power and show what really, you know, what can be, what should be, and you know how how lucky we are to have a great nation of citizens who appreciate the you know sacrifices yeah. other people have made. So. It really is in the community. It is. We were just uh, um, lucky enough to kind of put it all together.
1: Nice. Yeah. I, I, actually, one question that I'd written down that, that would fit better earlier in the conversation, but I was curious if you can share, you know, what is the average construction cost for these tiny houses?
0: So um, initially, when we all uh, kind of go off our, our phases, our first 13. Yeah. It was about fifteen to 20000 Okay. Now, at the current standard that we build it at uh, is also, you know, if you were to build it to our exact same standard, it would run you about 50000 That's here in Kansas City, Missouri. Okay. We were able to get that number, as I just mentioned, kind of uh, more manageable for a nonprofit, relationship building, donations, in-kind, all that fun stuff. But if yep. you build yep. in Kansas City to our housing standard, it's about 50000 Now, per each city, that's going to fluctuate, cost of living, all that other great things that happens. Partnerships that may or may not have been established, but the average home is about 50. If you were just to be like, you know, I'm going to go build me a tiny home like this. For us, it was just, you know, a lot of of great partners. Once again, the community that allowed us to do that. Right. I can tell you in man hours alone, it was a lot of money.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So what what have you kind of gotten the cost down to now that you've got those relationships in place and and you know you've got
0: that 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 currently that currently is the same. 15. Oh okay. Here in Kansas City now in our in our in our satellite cities, uh, I cannot speak on that. I only say that because I have been involved in those conversations of the building of that. Yep. Yep. Uh, I definitely know though that uh, uh, some of the areas that we're going into, so, so Longmont and St. Louis we are working diligently to build those partnerships so we can keep our, you know, the
2: cost down, but that takes time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It all takes time.
0: I, I know that uh, as, as, as when, when Zach, you know, Zach came to visit us, we kind of had this conversation and really to the standard, we built it at and for the cost, he said, you know, like it's a really amazing product. These really are really amazing tiny homes. Uh, even at even at fifty, it's still a really good deal, especially being you know, slap on grade, ground up the whole nine. Yeah, I'll be honest. There, our our houses particularly are pretty cost efficient. Yeah, we uh, are only looking about forty dollars uh, ish in um, utilities
1: per month per house
0: per house. So it, it just depends, you know. Kind of, it, it does fluctuate via the season. Yeah, uses of the house, of course. The most part, we you know, have a really cost-effective uh, and, right. and clean living environment.
1: Right, and and I mean, also thinking about all that infrastructure that you must have had to do in order to build those forty-nine houses, putting the electrical lines underground, the the wastewater, the the plumbing, all that kind of stuff. I'm sure that was very expensive to get that all put
0: in. Oh, yes. So I, I didn't give you the backstory of the uh, property that we bought.
1: Yeah, please do. The
0: property, the property that we bought was actually purchased from the Kansas City Land Bank, uh-huh. uh, five acres for $500. Ooh. Yeah, amazing. And we, you know, once again, as I said before, just a group of veterans looking to do the right thing. Beers, food, good intentions. Now we have land uh, for $500. Like, we're, we're rolling, right? just going in the right direction. Until um, you mentioned one of the most expensive and uh, arduous uh, development journeys that we've had is the infrastructure. We had no infrastructure, yeah. and that was uh, a very long labor of love to accomplish that, to raise, to raise the awareness of our program, to raise the development dollars in order to get the infrastructure in, Now, going forward, we, you know, understand all the things that we need, but in the very beginning, it was a a, a shocker to us. Yeah. Shocker to us.
1: Well, I'm still just blown away by how much you've managed to accomplish in just a few years.
0: Uh, (laughs) You're not the only one. Yeah. (laughs) And really, you know, we we look at it and, and we see what has been accomplished. And there, you know, there there is no I in team, and this project really h- highlights that. There is, you know, we are um, we are veterans, and there is a unique group of us. But really, we volunteer to serve our country because we love our country and our fellow countrymen, and that love is now being returned tenfold to us. So we are blessed to have that. We are blessed to have you know, amazing patriots that work alongside us amazing veterans that work here alongside us and you know just it's really amazing to see and I was, I was speaking of divisiveness in the country but when you come around a veterans community project uh, organization and as we expand there's a lot of unity yeah and it's not just the, the veteran unity it's People thankful for what they have and wanting to give back. So it really is. We want to accomplish this because of our fellow citizens.
1: Fantastic. Well, Vincent Morales, thank you so much for for the work that you're doing and for being a guest on the Tiny House Lifestyle podcast.
0: Outstanding. Thank you very much for having me, Ethan. Uh, I hope, as I mentioned before, everybody gets a chance to check out um, veteranscommunityproject.org, learn more about our organization which cities we are expanding to uh, we are on all social media handles you know facebook twitter instagram uh, if you also get the chance and you like barbecue sauce please give a, a look there at bravobravoq.org uh you may see a sauce on there that actually is called vinny's spicy sauce all right you might want to give it a whirl
1: <laughs> all right
0: <laughs> well i, I-
1: that's, that's all, that's, that's all I need to hear. I'm going to give it a try. Um, and I will link to all of, uh, the links that, that were just mentioned on the show notes for this episode. Um, so as soon as, as soon as our interview is done, people who are listening will hear me say where they can go to find all those links in one place. Outstanding.
0: Thank you for everyone. Know, thank you for tuning in. You have a great product. Thank you for you know, inviting us here. Love talking about tiny homes for a lot of reasons. They are therapeutic. When you're put in the community, it, it, it works out amazing. And they also make really good hunting houses, for I've been told.
1: <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah, I mean, I live in Vermont, and that's uh, there's a big tradition of, of kind of hunting cabins, very simple structures that people build in the woods, deer camp. Um, so, yeah, tiny houses have lots of great
0: uses. Yes, indeed. I appreciate, All right. you, appreciate you having me out today. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much to Vincent Morales for being a guest on the show please do check out the Veterans Community Project. And if you are in the position to make a donation, please do. This is a really great organization. You can find the show notes, including a complete transcript and links to Veterans Community Project and the Bravo Bravo Q barbecue sauce at thetinyhouse.net slash 179. Again, that's thetinyhouse.net slash 179. Well, that's all for the show. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman, and I'll be back next week with another episode of the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast.